Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today is the CEO and co-founder of Cedar, Florian Otto. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you here today. Why don't we dive right into it? If you could tell us a little bit about your background and then we can talk more about Cedar and some of the, the cool things you're doing. Very happy to do that. Um, as I think uh, most of the folks can probably hear from my accent, I'm from Germany originally. Um, studied medicine and dentistry, was a maxillofacial surgeon for some time, did my PhD, so it was a pretty academic career. And then um, joined McKinsey and Company, worked in healthcare consulting, moved to Brazil, lived there actually for five years, two years in Rio, three years in Sao Paulo, then started a company, same business model as Groupon. Um, Groupon bought the company, I was CEO of Groupon Brazil for three years, and then moved to New York um, back in 2012, um, worked for three years at ZocDoc, and then seven years ago started Cedar. And what was what was that why for, for Cedar that made you want to start the, the company? Yeah, it's a good question. It was more of a, uh, of a personal problem. So my wife, uh, she fainted on the street and had a really bad billing experience. So she got treated extremely well on the clinical side from the emergency room within that hospital. And then a month later, she got the first set of invoices, literally in codes that she didn't understand. It was a huge stack of papers was very difficult for her to pay because she wanted to log into the portal and somehow didn't accept her browser. Another month later came the next invoice for the physician organization of that for the same visit. And then half a year later, um, a bad debt collector called her because of an invoice from the lab company that she never got. So it was an extremely frustrating experience for her. And then she um, basically told me, never ever take me back to that hospital. And that was kind of very interesting to me because she was extremely happy with the medical experience but then very frustrated with the administrative experience. And the entire hospital lost trust. And it makes total sense, right? Because trust is consistency over time. And that trust got eroded by her. And I basically said, okay, this is something that is solved in other parts um, of, of the consumer's life, but in healthcare is still stuck in the 80s. And what's, what's interesting, right, is you were saying she was happy with the, the clinical atmosphere and how she was treated the last thing that you remember about your experience when you do have to go to a hospital is that that payment piece, right? That's what's going to linger with you after. So they could have the five-star review and then that could go down to a one or two-star based on that, that payment piece. That was super interesting. You're 100% right. I think there was that one interesting study done. I think it was published by, by, by Becker's Healthcare. So that literally the, the, same, um, the same survey, right, at discharge and 60 days out reports a drop in the satisfaction for the entire care journey by 30%. So that's massive. Wow. Yeah, it's, well, that, that's what I wanted to ask you a little bit too. Like, so how, how can like meaningful technology and, and the right touch points, um, let, let's, let's take it from the provider point of view now, right? How can that actually help increase payment rates and revenue? And also, I, I think the, the, the most important part, right, is it improves the experience um, of it, but then you know, secondary in terms of, you always have to think of revenue, right? We can't just say no revenue, even though it's just healthcare, right? So talk us through how, how what you're building or what you've built affects the, uh, the provider side. Yeah, happy, happy to talk uh, through that. I think, um, first of all, one needs to come, I think, with this mindset that in general, patients want to pay their bill. And many patients are able to pay. And for those that are not able to pay, there are means for them to pay. So overall, I think um, the majority of the patients somehow has an intent to pay and has the ability to pay. Um, 
the, the interesting piece is that where are most of the problems right now? The most of the problems are more of the communications with the patient and the engagement side. So um, when you see, for example, on the healthcare uh, or, or in, in, in healthcare, it is not that different what the patients really want in terms of engagement from what they also get on the online shopping or booking their trip on Kayak or Expedia or watching Netflix. They want to have, first of all, a mobile-first experience. Secondly, they want a transparent communication. Third, it should be pretty much immediate, right? That's, of course, what it makes sense. And then the last thing I would say, the, the fourth is, it needs to be personalized. Because what drives a certain patient to pay is very different from another one. And other industries, they have really made that, right? Everybody gets a different um, feed or recommendations from Amazon or from Netflix. That makes sense because individual consumers are different. And that's one thing we are applying as well to healthcare. So back to your question on what can be the impact. You're totally right. What really are the four things that matter to the healthcare system? The first is patient experience. Second is percentage collection rate, because that goes directly to the bottom line and basically net profits. The third is what are the AR days, so time to collect. And then the fourth is the cost to collect. So we need to check, for example, on the, uh, on the patient satisfaction. Our patient satisfaction is around 90%, and that is for the billing experience. So I think before Cedar, it was something like the billing experience was as bad as visiting the DMV. So an extremely terrible experience, literally. And bringing that to a normal way and making it fair and compassionate is already really good for this. And of course, these patients come back. The percentage collection increase is really what brings the immediate revenue to the bottom line. So we see an average increase of around 30% on the collection rate. So we, for example, um, or one of our clients, Novant Health, published um, uh, an article uh, earlier this week where they basically stated um, they are getting $30 million in addition to bottom line um, net profits from Cedar. And that, of course, is a really big impact uh, for a healthcare system where the margins to begin with are extremely low. We are accelerating the cash by around 50%. So that means AR days are going down by 40 to 50%. And we are reducing the cost as well because these builds are much easier to understand. So there's less interaction and we are doubling the digital payment rates. That's probably, when you said the DMV comment, that's probably, <laughs> like, in, in this world, one of the, a big insult, right? When you could tell someone, your experience is like the DMV. Um, and, and, you know, if, if there's DMVs out there that are doing things much better than the majority, kudos to them. Um, but it's an interesting, in, interesting way of, of phrasing, you know, how, how the experience can be. So when we look at like revenue cycle management. Um, talk us through how, how, how are you modernizing that today? I know you've mentioned a few things, but let's talk through like end to end. How, how are you helping with that piece? Absolutely. I'm happy, happy to do that. And um, just as a clarification, we don't do entire revenue cycle management. We literally just do the patient financial billing aspect of it. So we do not do any coding. We don't interact between payers and providers on the clearance side, but it's just the patient interaction. So we have um, we have two main products. So one product is uh, Cedar Pay, which is the post-visit billing experience, and one is Cedar Pre, which is before the visit. Um, Cedar Pay is the more mature product that we literally started with. Um, 
how do we um, change the experience? The first thing is really everything is extremely mobile friendly and easy to use. So there's no username and password to log in because everybody forgets that anyway. Just an easy two-factor authentication. Second thing, we are merging builds together from providers for the same episode of care. It makes no sense to get one charge for hospital billing and one for professional billing. It makes no sense because the patient, of course, sees it as one, literally as one um, uh, visit. The third is um, we, are, um, uh, we are translating codes into human understandable English. It makes no sense to tell to a patient that they got something, um, uh, a CPT code 55203, but it's much, much better to tell them literally they got a blood draw <laughs> instead of the venipuncture, right? So making it understandable. Um, then we are personalizing everything. What does that mean? Basically, every patient gets a different invoice at a different time through a different channel with a different copy. Why is that? Because for some patients, for example, that always paid the bill before, that live in a very affluent neighborhood, that just forgot to pay their co-payment for $25, the trigger to pay is probably convenience. So a quick text message with a short um, maybe emojis asking the one click to pay is what drives them to do something. For another patient, it might be, um, I don't know, there's a $600 bill, they defaulted on two invoices before already, living um, in, a, um, in a less affluent neighborhood, then it might make much more sense to ask them already to set up a payment plan. So to really guide them through the process. Another patient might have an insurance denial, and we guide them through the process what to do with an insurance denial, or to help them with charity care application, because very likely they might be eligible for something. So really to personalize this experience that makes all of a sudden the patient or the consumer feel to be in the center instead of the provider. So that is all the post-visit experience. We then go the, to the pre-visit experience. That's basically just the check-in experience and transparency game. So that means we're we're texting for appointment reminder. Um, then the patient can, um, uh, can take a, a, a photo of their insurance card. We do eligibility check. Um, they can already pay an estimate or pay um, price guarantee for the upfront visit and also then review the bill. And then we launched, um, I don't know if you have seen that um, a few months ago, um, our payer intelligence layer. That means basically we are adding right now information from the payer on top of the bill. So in the past, you always got this different EOB, right? It's different from the bill. It looks like a bill which confuses a lot of patients because it usually doesn't match. So in the 40% of the case doesn't match and um, it confuses them. So we are having all of that in one interface. So the patients know the bill is ready to be paid. They also um, have a direct access to their HSA and FSA. So with the one click, they can pay literally from the HSA or FSA and don't need to log in or need to have their card ready, which is really good. And then directly, we're then the accumulator status. So they're out of pocket maximum because we have the integration with the payer. So all of those things together really puts, I think, the consumer in the center of the problem and they feel empowered um, to have this transparent experience. Yeah, because so when you look at like, for instance, the, the payer provider, like that collaboration, talk us through like what what's the true power of having that better collaboration, um, especially as, as it relates to what you're doing today? Yeah, I think the I think the, the 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 very first thing is just literally the communication that both of them have the same driver and incentive, which is to serve their customer because their customer is the patient and nobody else, and they have the common customer. 
So if a provider right now wants to have the, or has the best billing experience in the world, absolutely fantastic. And the EOB from the payer right now is not understandable and causes frustration. That drags over to the provider as well, because the average patient cannot really distinguish between either or. Um, the second is just literally knowing that your claim is correct. So having the explanation of benefits matching with the bill is a huge difference. We see that literally, yeah, I think it's more than 40% of the cases, it does not match. Um, another thing that usually doesn't match is the timing. So you get the EOB before you get the bill or vice versa. And that, of course, causes confusion with the patient. So what do they really do is they just throw away the bill and say, okay, I have no idea what's happening right now. They stall out. And that, of course, is not good. If you have everything together in one interface, the patients know at least, okay, it's ready to be paid, it is accurate, and it's then simple to be paid. So like something like this uh, direct integration with an HSA or FSA is actually extremely powerful because um, we found out that 45% of patients that, that are eligible for an HSA or FSA pays their, um, their provider bill with a credit card. So it means very likely this is post-tax dollars. So not very efficient, of course. And you mentioned um, a, a, a new product recently, right? What, what else is, is next for you that you're really excited about that you can't share with us here today? Yeah, so, so, so this is something, um, to be clear, it's very new for us. So the first client, we went live in uh, November, which is Allegheny Health Network, um, a provider in, um, in Pittsburgh in the area, and Highmark. So both of them, together with Allegis, which is the HSA, FSA provider on that. So we strongly believe that, 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 that this integration with, the, with a pair is really a game changer. There are other integrations that also are very interesting. So for example, I mentioned at the beginning already, a lot of bills that you get are, um, are disjoint because one is professional and one is hospital billing. There are of course also a lot of other ancillary providers like labs or radiologists or other visiting consulting physicians where we could like anesthesia is a typical example or ER staffing companies to integrate them within the hospital bill to really become this unified experience. That's something we are working on as well. And then the last thing on the integrations is more on the provider side with other financial services companies. So like I mentioned already before the um, charity care application, we think that is very interesting because there's so many offerings for patients that are not being used because the patients are not aware of that and they don't really know where to find that. And since we are engaging very proactively with the patients, we of course can offer them and we can see what is relevant to them and ask them to sign up for those things. Well, I want to thank you, by the way, so, so much for coming on the podcast and, and sharing your story and telling us uh, some of the cool things that you're working on today and then what, what's next for the company and good luck with that that new client and, and that launch that happened, uh, you know, late last year. It'd be interesting to see how you continue to grow that uh, area of the business as well. And then hopefully we can have you come back on to do a panel, which we've talked a little bit about, which I think would be really cool with uh, some of your peers. And uh, hopefully I run into you at some of these upcoming conferences. Thanks a lot, Jared. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And thanks for what you're doing for healthcare and innovation.